maybe just introduce yourself so he can get a level on yourself as well. So my name is Marguerite Delaurier, and I'm the director of the McGill Institute for Gender, Sexuality, and Feminist Studies. I'm also an associate professor in the Department of Philosophy at McGill. Hello! Thank you for calling. You have reached the home of Jay Wallace, Bear Bergman, and Stanley Suffren Bergman. Um, let's start out with the basic question. What, what is the difference between sex and gender? Right. Well, so for an average person, your sex is something that you're born with. Born that January is, 21st uh, by cesarean section. some features of your body, usually, that make you a man or a woman, or make you male or female. He was 10 and a half pounds and 23 inches long when he came out, which I assume explains the C-section. Whereas gender are more the features of your personality um, that that seem to correspond in some way for many people to their sex, but are actually social attributes, so being aggressive versus being nurturing. Um, but gender is also used to mean what people expect of people because they make assumptions about what sex they are and how their gender should align with their sex. Yeah. It's funny, I go back and forth about this documentary even now. And I think also that many of the... Because there's been so much sensationalizing of the issues around trans people... Um, and a lot of the language, even even a term like transsexual, really puts the focus on the sexuality of a person, the sexual organs of a person. There's a part of me that feels like doing this documentary is just a, opening up the door for someone to say, world's third pregnant transgender man, I don't even and know I how long it encourages a kind count. of prurient interest in... Uh, details that people feel are private or, or not that interesting. If you're calling for so else, if anything language else, matters a lot. Uh, please leave a message, and I'm sure someone will listen to it at some stage. Have a great day. Please leave your message after the tone. One thing I wanted to say is I think that if you're gendered as a woman, say, that certain expectations of you just actually don't fit, you know, who you are, what you like, what you're good at. Um, and the same is true if you're gendered as a man, that hardly anyone makes it through a life gendered as a man or a woman without at some point thinking, well, you know, I'm good at babies, but I'm bad at table decoration, so I guess I don't actually meet the norms of femininity, or, you know, I'm good at hockey, but on the other hand, I just love babies, so I guess I don't meet the norms of masculinity. Where are the... Honey. The diapers are now beyond my reach. Oh, you're okay. You're okay. Um, let's then start chronologically. This is the story of Stanley Bergman's creation. I mean, I guess this goes back to when you two It's a familiar met, story, a love story, one with anticipation, with anxiety around conception, pregnancy, and birth. Yeah, a familiar story, but Stanley's story is also unique. His parents are two trans men who began their lives as females. Bear and I met as, as who we are. I was at a conference in Wisconsin, sitting in the lobby when uh, this hot guy that I had been totally giving the eye to the previous evening marched himself over to me and more or less picked me up, asked me if I wanted to have lunch. And uh, that was supposed to be a one-night stand. That's Stanley's father. Bear. I'm Bear Bergman. I'm a writer, a performer, and activist. 
I am a queer, trans-masculine person, and so is my partner, so that part's nice. Bear's partner is Stanley's other father. Uh, I'm Jay Wallace. I live in Burlington, Ontario, and work for the school board there. I often ask groups of students to describe themselves and use three words. And I usually start out with, I'm a queer trans Jew. And I start out with those because they feel important and they're ones I want to share and they're identities I feel good about. Trans is an umbrella term. It covers everything from cross-dressing to gender reassignment. As trans, Jay and Bear live their lives as men. But biology, when it comes to birth, is an immutable force. There are certain physiological requirements. Getting pregnant would take some doing. Time to strike a committee. On the Small Person Acquisition Project. The Small Person Acquisition Project. We've always thought of it as the Small Person Acquisition Project. That's how we've always talked about it. Jay would provide the delivery system. I was really clear that I wanted to be a parent and that I was interested in being a birth parent. And... It was sort of, if you're going to stick around, not only will that include me and a baby, but all the stuff that comes with being a man who is going to give birth. It was kind of fair warning, buddy. I was really interested in being a parent, and it felt... It it was a route that was available. But complicated. The world of pregnancy and birth revolves around women, Clinics, classes, clothes, all for pregnant women. And then there's the word maternity, from the Latin mater, mother. Because of social change, fathers are somewhat, well, to some degree, optional. But mothers are non-negotiable. In Bear and Jay's case, as two trans men, no mothers were involved in the making of this baby. But the prospective grandparents, including Bear's dad, Michael Bergman, didn't really give a fig or what was under the fig leaf about biology. Well, the conversation was, Sharon came to me. That was Bear's given name. And said to me, if Jay and I have a baby, but the biological father isn't one of your children and I'm actually not carrying the child, it's not one of my eggs, well, will you still consider it a grandchild of yours? And I said, to, I said to her, will you consider it your child? And she said, absolutely. I said, well, then if my child considers it her child, then it's my grandchild. Sort of simple. And so the small person acquisition project was launched. Oh, but there was that biology thing again. Bear and Jay needed sperm. To be, you know, find an anonymous donor, in which case you're looking through catalogs. Uh, and I had a real problem with that because eventually it was like it was like a eugenics experiment, you know, like it did occur to me at some point that it was possible that choosing a donor based on their donor profile might mean that what we were really selecting for was the sperm of someone who was very good at filling out forms, which seemed like a really worrisome <laughs> Uh, possibility. So eventually what we determined was that our criteria was that it needed to be someone smart and it needed to be someone kind-hearted. Those were the things. And smart and kind-hearted turned out to describe quite a few of the people that we knew and some of them even made sperm. Do you want to tell the story of being in Santa Cruz? So about a month beforehand um, we were 
in Santa Cruz and walking along the beach. And I was walking along the water's edge and writing Stanley in the sand. And we had agreed that we were going to call the baby Stanley um, in honor of our grandfathers. And both Bear and I had grandfathers we felt very close to and very fond of named Stanley, um, who had both died the year we'd met within about two months of each other. So I was walking along the water and writing his name in the sand and, and was saying to the ocean, Stanley, come home. Bear was further up the beach and called me over. I had been walking along, just sort of idly looking down at the sand, and I saw the um, smooth side of one of those, what do you call it, a Nautilus-style shell? The kind that wraps over and over on itself, you know? And for no reason, because I am not a shell collector in any way, I reached down and picked it up, and when I turned it over, I realized that in the open side, right inside the lip, there was a tiny, tiny little shell, exactly the same size, wedged in the open space. And I just knew. Call it a talisman, that shell. A month later, one anonymous sperm, one out of the millions in a cocktail of donor sperm from their friends, met up with one of Jay's eggs. We were well on our way to a shotgun wedding. It was great. Great is a relative term. Along with the pregnancy came morning sickness, swollen ankles, and brushes with a world that it seems wasn't all that ready to immediately embrace a pregnant trans man. When we first called the midwives, I had a fairly unpleasant conversation with them about what they would need to call me. And it was the receptionist who was um, not particularly welcoming um, and kept insisting that she'd have to call me by my name on my birth certificate, which is not a name I've ever gone by, or certainly not in a very long time. Um, and I eventually hung up on them in some frustration and was putting together a packet of information to go and talk with them and have some educational material readily on hand uh, when they phoned back and said, we're really sorry, that was not how that should have gone. We made a mistake. And really not mincing words about that. It was, you know, we made a mistake and we're sorry and we'll get it right. Uh, and they did. Is it on? Yes, it's on. Okay. I've so, given Jay and Bear a recorder and a microphone to record their thoughts during so the pregnancy. we are here in midwifery office, and I am Anne, I am Jay's midwife. Today they've brought it to a prenatal visit. And this is his 30-week visit. So we're going to check out the babe and see what's going on. Anne examines Jay. She finds the fetus is still head up. But it's too soon to worry that the head is up, right? It is, okay. it is. Um, usually, you know, they'll, they'll turn to head down somewhere between 30 and 34 weeks. And, and you know, next time we'll have a, have a closer feel. And, and if we can't figure it out, um, by 34 weeks we'll send you for an ultrasound just to make sure that, that we are in the right place. I mean, I remember so clearly. The ultrasounds began in Jay's first trimester, much to the delight of Bear. In an audio diary entry, he tells the microphone about that very first ultrasound. To see that little heartbeat, I mean, all you can see is this little flickering pixel. That's it. It's one pixel. And yet they tell you it's your kid's heart. And I just, I mean, I immediately started to cry. You know, and you go to the next ultrasound and you can sort of see 
kind of a head and some little limbs and by 20 weeks this killed me by 21 weeks they pretty much have everything they're gonna get everything eyelashes fingernails all of it it's all in there and the first time i felt the kid kick um yeah there are some things that i've never imagined that suddenly are right under my hand you know i don't even know what it's going to be like when i actually see this kid the pregnancy progresses Jay's breasts enlarge and he's forced to go bra shopping, something quite foreign to him. I didn't wear floral patterned uh, empire waist. The rest of his clothing becomes an issue as well. Um, if you're a guy, people just see you as a fat guy. And you're a fat guy who gets fatter. You know, we worked on what's, what is masculine pregnancy wear and um, came up with several options for that. It turned out that the answer to that was my clothes. Well, because I'm a big fat guy. And so it turned out that with the exception of a couple pairs of chef pants, um, he just moved into my clothes. And they fit him pretty much to about the 39th week, after which point it was sort of all track pants all the time, but nobody had to go anywhere anyway. Pregnancy has definitely been hard, partly because it's been a very difficult time for Jay. Um, I was really prepared to do a lot of emotional support um i was afraid that as he became more visibly pregnant he would have gender stuff um or feel bad about his body um or that people would be mean or unkind and that's really not how that's worked out which in some ways is great i mean it's it's great that no one's been mean or unkind, hardly. And it's great that um, being pregnant has not brought up a lot of really unpleasant gender stuff for Jay. I mean, some, but I was afraid of, you know, a sort of long, slow grind of it, which really hasn't materialized. Um, but instead, he just doesn't feel well. Um, So it's uh, 7 minutes to 11 on November 10th. This is week 32, and I've been having cramps all day, and while I'm not the kind to worry about it, Bear is, and because Bear isn't here, I feel a need to worry for him. So at about 6, I phoned the midwifery clinic, and they phoned me back, and they said, well, cramping and low back pain could be nothing, or it could be preterm labor. So come on in and get checked out. And in some ways it was really weird to be there and to get there and to the check-in and have the nurse say, why are you here? And I tried to explain and her saying, but why are you here? And me saying, well, but explaining again. And her saying, yes, but you're not pregnant. And saying, well, yes, I am. And then her this saying, is the thing. Well, how pregnant? They don't tell you what to expect. Um... Pregnancy for most people, as far as I can tell, pregnancy for most people is not that fun. Um, pregnancy is something you do so that you can have a kid. Like, the kid is the reward, and the pregnancy is the thing that you more or less endure so you can have a kid. 
It's December 2nd, which means we are in week 35, and I am ready to be counting down. We live in a culture that values countdowns. Big things like spaceships get countdowns. Everyday things like movies get countdowns. Apparently, you can't just count down a baby, which is hard. I feel ready to count down this baby. Uh, it's Bear. I haven't really talked to this thing at all yet, except when there's been groups of other people around. Um, partly, I think, because I don't know quite what to say. Um, and a lot of it has to do with my crazy worries and anxieties and fears, or it has to do with plans or fantasies that I have that I guess I am reluctant to talk about because um, I'm afraid it'll make them not come true. And now we're, you know, trying to get the kid out. I'm feeling really worried about that. Part of me thinks I've just developed this ridiculous anxiety for no reason, which I have been known to do for sure. Uh, but I'm worried. I want to, you know, I want this kid to come out. It's funny. I, I hear myself, the kid, the kid, the kid, the kid. We made a deal uh, that we weren't telling anyone what the sex of the baby is. But by the time, you know, this gets on the radio, everyone will know that, uh, that the kid is a, is a boy or at least has male external genitalia. People keep asking us what's the gender because they think the gender and sex mean the same thing. And I sort of feel like really a, what on earth would possess you to ask two trans people about to have a kid? Do you know the gender of the baby? Do not think that that would cause some comment. I mean, but you know, it's a boy. Um, you know, I prayed for him. I wanted him. I worked to have him. And I will do the work from here. Um. And there will be work to do for both Jay and Bear. They want to travel to the U.S. soon after the birth. They'll need a passport for the newborn, which they won't be able to get without a birth certificate which they won't be able to get without a statement of live birth. Now, that's a form filled out online that clearly asks for the name of the mother and other parent. Jay and Bear will insist that they want to be listed as the baby's two fathers, but that little battle is still in the future. Stanley is about to make his entrance, what the date is although he's taking his time. It's January 16th, right? So we are 41 weeks, 40 weeks and six days yes. of pregnant. Yes. As the astute, astute listeners may know, 40 weeks is generally considered <laughs> long enough. We're very keen to have the small person come out. Okay. I think it's working. Jay's water broke, but he still hasn't gone into labor. So they consulted with the midwives and decided to go to the hospital. Which was not how this was supposed to go. The doctors are about to induce labor. Bear is anxious. Okay. So that's the baby's heartbeat, which at the moment is 173. Is that really right? Is that a yes? Yes. 
which seems high, though. I, of course, don't know anything about it, but I keep freaking out about every number that I see. 160 is normal. So it's a little high. Yeah. Now the heart rate is falling. Bear continues to record as the hours wear on. And it's 4.25 a.m. We're all plotting your form. Jay is working hard. Bear is still recording. Uh, right. That was a contraction. That's what it sounds like. Everybody stops talking. And, uh... Labor um, is well yes, underway. So but there's a complication. And well, the doctors say it's time for a cesarean section. Bear stops recording. Hello! Thank you for calling. You have reached the home of Jay Wallace, Bear Bergman, and Stanley Suffren Bergman, born January 21st. Uh, by cesarean section. He was ten and a half pounds. This is Stanley. These are the sounds Stanley makes when he's trying to figure something out. I was in there when they, um, when they did the C-section, and I heard the obstetrician say, we've got a baby, and then I heard him say, we have a lot of baby. I have very clear memories of meeting Stanley and of coming out of the C-section, you know, being stitched up, and that while I was being stitched up, Stanley was wrapped up with Bear, sitting on his chest, warming, snuggling, getting to know him, and feeling well pleased that my guys were getting to know each other. My guys. And there's a picture of the three of us, you know, Jay's pale, the baby is sort of tiny, I look like the happiest person in the history of happiness. Um, that's our first, you know, family portrait. They did get their statement of live birth, by the way, to allow them to get a passport for Stanley. It took a few days and a few layers in the bureaucracy, but eventually an Ontario government official said, go ahead, write father where it says mother. A small victory in their attempt to change how people think about gender. But Bear knows that there are so many people with the inevitable questions and confusion. You know, we have this idea that there's a certain kind of people who are our people and a certain kind of people who are those people. But, you know, those barriers get broken down in a minute when some other way that you can become an us presents itself. You know, maybe when... I'm getting more rest. I will feel like I have the energy to go there with random strangers every time. I don't know. But at the moment, I sort of feel like if I can just get all my errands done before the baby goes off, it's a it's a big win, you know. Okay, you're okay. You're okay. Your diaper's changed. Now we're going to put the old stuff in the wash. Do you have anything to say to the nice people? It's a documentary about how we got you. 